Hey, everybody. This is John. With me, as always, is Matt. Hey, what's up, everybody? What in the hell was that? <laughs> I don't know. I think you're just making <laughs> stuff up. I don't know why he's laughing now. But anyways, guys. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about one of our, I wouldn't say like favorite video games, but definitely one of our personal games that we've actually, when we were... It's an co-work. old school. Yeah, it's an old school yeah. game. But it was when we were co-workers back in the day, you know, we actually used to play this. I, I think we did. Yeah, we did do co-op, didn't we? I think. Or do, do we not? No. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That was probably my if brother. If we did I. co-op, we would have had to play at the, at the same place. Oh, right. You know, because old school way of thinking, you know, you had to be in the same room, the same place, you know, instead of like split this screen. online you know, split screen, you know, local play. Wow. That's a concept. Um, anyways, but it's it's destroy all humans and destroy all humans too. So it's a it's a very interesting series of games. Um, you know, we'll we'll go into more about what the games are really about. But if you've ever played them, they're very they're very spoofy. They're very it's it's a it's a funny game to play, but it's very it, interesting. It's it's very <laughs> interesting. I mean, you're playing as a guy named Crypto, and you're basically as hence the title destroy all humans. That's kind of like what you're doing. That's yeah, pretty much you know. the, the the basis of the game. But again, we'll 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 talk about that more in a minute. But we have some very very interesting news we want to share with you. Coming to you live from GFTM Studios. So, John, we got a writer strike, huh? You know, Matt. You know, when you mentioned that to me earlier, I had no idea that this is actually a real thing. Oh, it's a real thing. And you know, this is a topic that I am very surprised that, as a today's society, it's pretty sad that we're we're really getting into these kind of issues. I understand that our economy as a whole, when it comes to, you know, inflation and in, in our, you know, gross incomes and everything else is, is, it's hard as hell to live in our society as a whole right now. And I get where some of these guys are coming from, but the other piece to this, I really don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. But the first it really makes a lot, I mean, not to cut you off, but it, it really sucks on one end because as geeks and as people who are really, really expecting new movies, new TV shows, new seasons of you know shows that we enjoy, well, guess what? You are going to have to wait. And that's the part that sucks about the writer strike. And the longer that it goes on, the longer these projects are just going to sit somewhere in limbo. Just like the movie Blade, because we've all been waiting to see that if you're a huge Marvel fan. But I'm going to get into this. So the reason why these guys are actually striking, which Matt and I actually briefly talked about, which we have our own opinions on this. But the first reason of why they were actually striking is because, again, like I just mentioned about the whole fact that a lot of the writers averages like for their incomes rise there. It's not as it was as it was saying, like 10, let's say about a decade ago. So the, the actual, you know, salary of some of these writers, they're, of course it's not, let's say, 
up to standard par for like you know living in general, right? So I mean, I mean, whose whose salary is at this point? I mean, but the 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 way I look at this too is, I would assume that a writer is making a hell of a lot more than most of the average Americans right now as a whole. I I would I mean in Hollywood I would honestly hope so, because if they don't, then then there's I mean well I mean if I'm a writer on you know working for Disney on a on on the Blade movie. I would be hoping I would be making a lot more than, you know, the average Joe. I mean, so I would say probably what, like thirty, forty is probably the. I would hope more than that. I but... mean, well, I mean, no, I mean, I'm just saying, like in general, as like an average, yeah, let's say income, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, let's say these guys are making seventy, eighty, right? No offense, if you're making seventy, eighty thousand dollars, I would hope that. Um, and I'm sure they must have residuals for you know when. The stuff that they're writing for, like TV shows, air, they must have royalties or residuals that come in, I'm sure. Well, yeah, and, and they're saying that, you know, part of the residuals is it's, it's, not, it's not as much as it was, let's say, 10 years ago, which, oh, which, oh my God, so I know, sorry. God forbid. Um, I'm sorry, your residual income isn't up to par. <laughs> no, it's called life. I'm sorry. Um, not sorry, but... The other interesting part to this is that the writers, and this is literally a quote from this, is writers also wanted artificial intelligence such as ChatGPT, which I understand is a newer app or technology that they came out with recently, yeah. to be only used as a tool that can help research or facilitate script ideas and not be used as tools to replace them. Now, I know when you and I talked about this, the first thought we came into our mind, because you know what? Go ahead, Matt. What was the first thought? Well, the first thought I had was, so do they not do their own jobs when they're writing? I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah. like they, they don't want to be replaced, but they want to use AI to help them come up with their own ideas. Like, honestly, for like, I mean, you know, we're using Blade because Blade is one of those movies that you know, initially was stopped because it had a crappy script. So they replaced the writer, and now it's on hold because there's a strike. And this, you know, most movies don't have just one writer. There's multiple. Yeah, let's, so let's say there's 10. If there's 10 writers, do they really need an AI to create ideas? I mean, can 10 people not come up with an idea for a script? Well, it's like it's like the age old question: how many how many um, you know how many people does it take to screw in a light bulb? I mean, none, obviously, because they need an AI. Yeah, because clearly, they need to understand that they just can't simply do their job. So they need an AI to do their job, but they don't want to re be replaced by an AI. So it sounds like they're a bunch of lazy sons of guns, huh? But yet, let's go on strike because we want to make more money. So you can use an AI to do your job for you. That doesn't sound like I should be giving you more money. It sounds like I should be giving the guys that make chat GBT more money. <laughs> That's what for it's doing like. your job. And perhaps I should be using them to replace you. Exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why, why would I, and this is, this is like an honest question. As a, if, if I get hired as a writer for a TV show, for a movie, it's because, one, I have the talent, I have the skills, and I have the imagination 
to come up with stuff for that show or that movie, whatever it is. If I start going to an AI and go, give me ideas for my for the next episode of this TV show. The AI is going to give me a whole list of ideas. Not my own, but mind you, this is an AI giving me ideas. Now, I can go back in and go, please elaborate on, on this idea for the, you know, this TV show theme. More ideas. So now the, idea, the, the AI is basically writing the ideas for me, and all I'm doing is putting words in between these ideas. So they're not my ideas. All I'm doing is writing my own things for these ideas. I didn't come up with it. I shouldn't make more money for that. It almost sounds like you and I need to like use this app and then like maybe we should ask somebody who is a writer and see which one actually comes up with better ideas or if like let's see how quick they can come up with ideas versus the other because if if we're doing a podcast for example and if we needed more ideas, I mean, it sounds like we just need to use this app and actually start using that instead, too. You know what's funny, though? I've, I've said for a long time with, with certain things, like when I've watched a movie, you know, I, in the last episode, like I, like I said in that one, I'm watching Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles again. I watched it before. And for the life of me, the one thing that I take away from that show, and I've taken away from a lot of shows, like the character of John Connor. I said the same thing about Clark Kent from Smallville. Oh boy, here we go. Oh yeah. Like, why can't they write John Connor the correct way? Why does he always have to be this sissy little boy? Like, in everything that, like, Terminator 2. Like, all the rest of the Terminator, like when he they show him as a young kid, and I know he's not the, the John Connor from the future. I've always said for a long time, like I could write a better script in my sleep. So as a writer, if I'm using AI, like essentially I'm I feel like I'd be cheating. Well, it almost sounds like you should make it a challenge. Like you create a script for them and see if they actually will use your script. For like movies like you know Terminator or you know I don't know it, like, let's say Marvel movies or something like that like if we had a challenge where you know let's say we could have written a script better for the Eternals <laughs> you know like that movie in itself like that needed a better script certainly in certain aspects but. I I think we're probably just at a time where we just need somebody just needs to create Skynet I think. I think we're just at that point where we maybe just need to create Skynet and celebrate Judgment Day. I think we're John. I think we're we're probably just close to that point. Right so now. what you're saying is you're going to be the creator of Skynet? Is that what you're going to say? Some, somebody needs to. I think I, I don't I, know if I know enough about AI to create that, but like, yeah, somebody needs to do that so we can just move on with Judgment Day. And you know, it it also kind of reminds me of like. You remember uh, Wally? 
right? Where like you see like these fat, lazy humans and like, you know, the, the <laughs> robots are like, you know, helping them out. And then they realize that they're all dead because they're overweight and they have diabetes and stuff. It's like, it's about to turn into that. And the, the fact that we're going to be using AI to create a world for ourselves and make it so much better. But then again, if you look at the Terminator and the Matrix, why do you want to live in a world like that? Because now they're going to basically eradicate the human race. I, I honestly, I, I don't know if you've ever seen Idiocracy. I, I've heard of it, but I don't think I've actually seen it, no. John, you need to go see it. And if you guys seen it, I honestly think that probably we're headed that way. You think so? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Is that the um about the guy that he's like... I want to say like he like wakes up in the future, but the, it's like all these like idiot people. Yes. Oh, and the, yes. like it's like the 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 puzzle, like the he like tries to put in the square, the 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 triangle, the circle. He puts it incorrectly, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, he's so smart!" Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Everybody uh, thinks yeah. he's really smart, and yeah, everybody's kind of an idiot. Yeah, and they they water the plants with uh, like a Gatorade, Mountain, yeah, like yeah. Mountain Dew or, or yeah. something weird. Yeah, because I, I, you know, it has electrolytes, John. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I remember that. But, you know, not to dive into more of this, but I just think that, you know, the writers need to realize that if you're already getting paid a certain amount, then realize that you should be grateful for what you have and not demand, like, let's say, 150000 200000 for whatever writing you're doing, especially if, let's say, there's 10 people on, let's say, the for the script of Blade. No offense, I'm not paying somebody one hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand for writing a script. I can see that, like, and to end it here, I I can see like certain demands. Yes, like should should they make more money? Absolutely. Should should things be fair? Yes. Well, then make it for everyone, not just this, them. This whole thing with the AI writers should not be using AI. No, they should not be. It, because AI should not be used by professional writers, authors, or anybody who do this for a living. Who do this for a living. Period. Now, if I wanted to use it to write an essay, sure. Sure. It could give me an idea, but I'm not going to go to ChatGPT and go, can you write an essay for this topic? And then I get the whole thing and I go, here's my paper. No, I'm going to take that and I'm going to look up and research and make sure that what it gave me is real information. Right, and not plagiarized or anything. Right. Because now when you go to submit things from AI, there's actual checkers that tell, that tell them that what you're submitting is from an AI. Right. So, I mean, there's always ways around it, but I mean... The- there are ways around it, but... I I I still f- have the full belief that like if you're getting paid to be a writer, write. Absolutely. Don't use an AI to cheat. Like actually write. And if you don't have the imagination, then don't be a writer. Then don't be a writer. <laughs> if you're working on a Blade movie, don't and be you a don't have the imagination to write anything regarding Blade. Don't you be have a writer. No reason to be in that room well no i was just gonna say just don't be a writer (laughs) you can be a writer but like you shouldn't be in the room i agree if i'm sitting in the room going hey guys what do you have for an idea uh um vampires uh yeah what else uh um (laughs) let's fight seeds 
vampires. Va- vampire, actually, vampires. Be a writer or oh, vampires. You know, that's it. You know, be yeah. a writer. Don't use AI. Don't don't. So I, I'm going to mention this real quick because I just saw this. So th- th- it's a picture, and I'm going to show you, man, in a second. But literally, it's a guy holding a sign, and it says "Writers Guild on Strike." AI is not taking your dumb notes. And here's the picture. <laughs> like, I mean, I understand you guys can't see it, but what I'm showing Matt is this guy looks really stupid, and yeah. he's just sho- yeah. showing a stupid sign. And I'm like, that's that's how stupid I, I feel like in this regard, this whole thing is just ridiculous. But anyways, Matt, yeah, let's get let's actually get into this. Let's this topic. yeah, let's get into destroy all humans. So this game actually came out in 2005. And it was on PlayStation 2 and Xbox. And the first game actually was single player. Had no multiplayer whatsoever. So no local play, no nothing like that whatsoever. Um, It was open world style gameplay, but it was mission based. So you couldn't just travel wherever you wanted. You could only travel within the mission parameter area. Um, Which... Again, which really sucked because you're you're literally just like you're in the mission and you only have like I don't know like let's say a hundred feet around you and it's like okay well that sucks because yeah kind of want to go further but whatever. Um, the game was made initially by Pandemic Studios, which is actually kind of funny, but um because it's pan you know well no yeah because yeah. they like the pandemic yeah, yeah I know what you're saying um. Well, and it's, you know, Destroy All Humans, it's yeah, about pandemic. aliens, it's pandemics, you know, it just make, it makes it funnier. It, it, okay, but you were describing it didn't really make it funnier, but I, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. Um, but Pandemic Studios later was acquired by Electronic Arts. Or EA. EA. Sports, it's um, in the game, sorry. Go ahead. So Matt Harding, who created the game, uh, he first conceived it... Um, after Microsoft rejected a more family-friendly game, um, the concept initially was called Oddballs, where basically you kill everybody. Um, I, I don't know how that's family-friendly. <laughs> I don't think that's family-friendly at all. I don't I, even know where this guy came up with this idea. I, I don't know how that's family-friendly, but like he he jokingly suggested, you know, a game. Like, I I want to create a game where you kill everybody, and he suggested a title, Destroy All Humans, and he was a science fiction fan, and he thought of using the concept as using an alien as the premise for doing just mindless destruction, which makes sense, you yeah. know? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you look at some of the, like, some of the other movies, like, um, was it like Invade or Martians Invade or, like, some of the '90s movies? It's it's kind of like that same yeah kind of concept, but. So the game takes place mostly on Earth, where uh, Furon Cryptosporidium, also known as Crypto in the game, is tasked by his superiors to gather Furon DNA. That's locked inside human brain stems to basically save his race from cloning themselves into extinction. Um, what's happening with the Furons is they began 
using advanced biotechnology and cl- like cloning themselves. And each Furon were basically virtually immortal. Memories, personalities, and tech- technology being transferred to each clone. As the clones kept progressing, they kept getting more and more errors. And thus, getting sent to Earth, they found humans had furon DNA in their brain stems, which is why they end up on Earth. Long story short. Wow. Yeah. That was a pretty long story short, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the previous crypto, which is Crypto-136... Uh, disappears in 1947. Um, Orthopox, which is the head um, Furon, uh, sends 137 to Earth in 1959 uh, to harvest brain stems. And in order to basically keep their species from going ex- extinct, like I said. Um, but then there, you know, he, once he's on Earth and you start, you know, kind of walking around and doing this, you you actually experience a government agency, sort of like Men in Black, but they're actually called Majestic. Um, and you have to kind of defeat this government organization, which is the gist of the game, in a nutshell. Right. And I mean, when you're looking at the the game itself, I mean, when you're looking at the graphics and you're looking at, you know, the different, I would say, like, aspects of the game, I mean, it's very, I'm just trying to think of the best word to say. I think it's more satire. Satire, funny, but also kind of like, like... Goofy, it's like goofy, oddball, satire, like... Yeah, it, it's all these like different things. Like when you, if you really want to play a a numb mind or a numb minding game, like that's a game where you could just sit there for hours and just do whatever you want and really just. The one thing I can say though is Crypto's voice in the game is so iconic. I don't know who does it, but it's so iconic. Well, while you're you're talking about this, I'm gonna look up who actually um, did it. But I'll tell you a little bit about the Furons. Um, the Furons are aliens. They they have mouths that are um, full of sharp teeth. They are highly advanced, and they use their technology for hearth, harsh hearth. I don't know what I'm saying there, but they use their technology for harsh, unsympathetic science and vicious war. Um, unregulated atomic weaponry caused a fatal mutation in the Furon race where they could no longer reproduce due to their lack of genitalia. Lovely. Isn't it, though? Um, So that's why they began cloning themselves, because they could no longer reproduce. Um, So cloning became their way to kind of repopulate their world. Um, Each new clone had errors that appeared in the genetic material, leading to unpredictable results. Um, so without an infusion of uncorrupted furon DNA, 
eventually these errors would clone them into possible extinction. So that's kind of where the game kind of leads on. And when, you know, John kind of goes into some of the weapons that you use to harvest said, you know, Furon DNA, um, it, it gets really interesting um, because the the brain actually pops out of the humans um and one particular weapon makes the brain pop out of one particular spot would it be his butthole that would be correct sir oh yeah. well, you mean you mean anal probing is that what you're trying to say because <laughs> that's what you're almost trying to not say but you're kind of going around it but anyway i was waiting for you to kind of go over the weapons oh sorry we that, sorry but, but uh, yeah, sorry i was looking up the the person that did it yes when you're actually collecting the furon dna you're actually you're actually collecting the brains like i guess they actually pop out of the the humans Right, in but the game. Well, it's it's the actual brain with the stem, so it's the brain right. stem as well. Um, little side note. So I did look up the actor. His name is Jay Grant Elbrecht. Never heard of him. Never have I, but apparently he's he's also been in TV shows like Oswald, like the kids show. Oh. Uh, apparently he was in Hellboy, Blood and Iron, Dante's Inferno. Uh, apparently he was also in Happy Feet, which I was surprised, but. Oh. Anyways, but so anyway, the voice for him is very, very like iconic. It's it's very like you have to like just YouTube it because it's very like it's very iconic and. But so going into the weapons, right? So what Matt was saying about the anal probe, right? It it basically you shoot it. it basically, the <laughs> the brain comes out of the butthole. It's it's a whole thing. It is kind of funny when you watch so, it. So you're not gonna read that at all. I. What do you mean? I'm not gonna read that at all. You're not going to read that description at all, John? Fine. Emits a rod that goes up the victim's rectum and uproots a DNA-enriched brain. Okay? Is that is that what you wanted me to say, Matt? I did. Thank okay. you, John. Well, I just wanted to put it in layman's <laughs> terms, okay? But anyways, so the other, really the most iconic weapon that he does have is called the Zappomatic. It's a gun that emits an electric shock. I like that one. Well, it's basically a cattle prod, but with... Yes. Yes. <laughs> with, with the actual gun piece. And I like when you upgrade it, it like you know, connects to other people so you can you can actually shock multiple people at the same time. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great weapon at first because it's it allows you to just basically if you if you need to like run away and you just zap them, you just zap them and then you start running in the other direction at that point. Until uh, you get the next one that you read. Yes. So the next one is the disintegrator ray so again as it pretty much says it it says the target the, sorry the target's flesh and organs into turns into ashes and renders only a charred skeleton so <laughs> yes i mean that one is a very of course powerful weapon and you know i'm pretty sure that's like later on in the game where you don't you don't get it at first i think it's more you don't get it at first but you do get it pretty quickly oh okay you I'm, do have limited ammo on it though but right i mean it's a nice weapon if you need it's more of a backup Right, it's it's something you can do use really quick, and then you're like, okay, I'll go on to my next one. And the skeleton actually stays standing for like a couple seconds, and then falls. Oh, right. So it is. This is one of those goofy oddball things, like when you actually shoot him, like, you know, the you see the ashes, and the skeleton just kind of stands there, and then the skeleton turns to. It's like it's it's so goofy. I mean, and it's pretty much like your cartoon 
kind of thing. It's just like that, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, we're gonna, oh, we're falling. Okay, now we're gonna fall. Um, and then the last weapon really is the the ion detonator. So it's a it's basically a grenade launcher. And when he also has um, a jetpack that's also upgradable, it actually helps him. Oh. Just kidding. He does have a jetpack, and it, it it does allow him to kind of fly around the city and and do all that. Um, but the other big thing that you can do in this game, which is um, really nice, especially in the second one, once we get into that, is his flying saucer. So it's your typical Martian. Oh yeah, this saucer. Is, yeah, it's you know round and yeah, it's uh, uh, it's pretty much like if you were to watch like your old like. 1940s, uh, yeah, like, 1920s. Yeah, like, well, I would yeah. say more like 1950s if I'm taking a guess. But, like, watching, like, the the concept of that is literally the same thing. So, like, for example, a death ray, right? So a heat ray comes out of the, um, you know, the weapons, you know, firing system, you know, and it, it just basically disintegrates everything in its path. You know, it's, it's honestly probably one of the most powerful weapons on that ship. Um, I like the next one. <sighs> The abducto beam, so it's a tractor beam, basically, but it allows you to like pick objects up. It allows you to pick up humans, you know, animals, whatever. It allows you to basically, if you hold it, and if you start swinging back and forth, you can <laughs> fling them as far as you want. So it it gives you that nice ability to be like, you know what? Screw you! I'm gonna throw you across the and map. You, I mean, you can pick up cars, you can pick up people, and yeah, you can like basically swing them in circles and. Yeah, you can do really whatever you want. I right. mean, it's yeah. it's it's the beauty of like it's like GTA. You could just do whatever the <laughs> heck you want in that game. Um, and then the next one is the quantum destructor, deconstructor. Sorry. So this one, yeah. So basically, it's a, it it launches radioactive bombs that utterly destroy everything in its radius. So again, imagine having like a nuclear bomb and then just you know dropping it in like in that vicinity. It's just gonna blow everything up around it. Um. And then a sonic boom. Yeah, so a bomb that can explode on contact and shock the, the blast radius like a tremor. So it's like having a mini earthquake at your disposal, basically, is really what that's going to be. Yeah. So some of the abilities, um, obviously, the second game has a lot more. Um, we're somewhat limited in the first game. Um, the hollow bob, which is probably your most used in this game. Um, your, your hollow bob gives you a hologram image of a human. Um, and you have kind of a limited use of it. Um, it, it. It's kind of stupid because it's one of those ones that really don't make any sense. Because if you look at the second game, you know, when you're the ability to basically like get into someone else's body and allows you to move as that person, this one's just like, okay, it's just hanging out. It's doing its thing. And then you just like, kind of walk away and it's not a big deal so it's just like a a random thing you can do and then it's like okay what what's the point of that well in this game too like you need something that's called psi energy which is called concentration in the game so when you have your hollow bob and you're moving around you need to do um basically what is essentially reading the thoughts of other humans or animals to build up your concentration so that your hollow bob doesn't expire. So when yeah. when your hollow bob expires, then you turn back into crypto and then everybody starts freaking out. The cops come and they start shooting at you. 
it, and it just becomes nonsense after that. I mean, it almost reminds me of like you take like GTA in that same aspect, and like you start blowing stuff up, and it's like all of a sudden you get like level five stars, and then like that's literally what happens in five seconds that all these cops come out of nowhere, and you're yeah. just like, what do I? What did I even do? I'm just I'm just literally this little tiny like Martian that's not yeah. doing anything. Um. So you also have uh psychokinesis or they call it pk in the game which obviously if you know what psychokinesis is it allows you to pick things up and move them around with your mind um so i pick things up and i put them down kind of a thing basically i mean you can toss things and um extract this one is what's useful for if you're not doing the anal probe gun yeah oh i'm sorry did you want to read that description again no i didn't oh okay um if you're not using that gun and you're using a different weapon, um, extract, when you walk up to a human, you can do the extract, and it actually physically extracts the, the, the brain and the stem from the humans. But that one, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, that one requires a lot of concentration. Right, you have to constantly like tap the... Yeah, to be able to like get it out, where the gun is just... But a lot, of these, a lot of these do, too. For the, for the, the reading the thoughts, you have to tap. For right. The, for the extract, you need to do that. And then the last one for the abilities is follow. Um, you can't really do this with everybody. I think it's it, this one was more mission based when I when I recently played. So, well, that's the reason why in the first game versus the second, you'll notice a big difference. But yeah, I think with the follow, it's helpful because like if you need somebody, like if it's an important person, you need them to come with you. Then you can tell them come here. Yeah, and this one was like. You you needed like you know the mayor and you needed like certain people to come back to the ship so that you can mimic them, right? And use their DNA. Um, So you would have you know you would walk up to them and you would do follow and then you they would follow you back to the ship, and then you would do your hollow bob, and you would be them. So yeah, that's it for the abilities. I mean, with with. The first game, like, you don't really have a whole lot of weapons or abilities. I mean, there's a lot as far as the first game. Well, and the, and the thing is, is you'll notice that the second game is actually more iconic and more fun to play because you can actually do co-op. This is one of the very first games I've actually seen where they did, like, a co-op, yes. you know, yeah. based in that sense because there wasn't that many games at the time where you could do the co-op sense of ability depending on what kind of games you had um but the reason why i'm going to say this too is that with the first game like i remember playing a little bit of it but it wasn't like to me it wasn't as memorable you know where you know in the second game when we're going to talk about it there's there's a lot more to do there's a lot more abilities there's a lot more stuff going on right story is actually more entertaining than the first one i thought it's it's more entertaining. I mean, I think both games though, they they the second game definitely more so than the first. They walk that fine line. Oh, I of, mean, of the second game definitely almost completely crosses the line. Almost almost crosses over, but not not quite crosses over, but almost crosses over. The first game like looks at the line and goes, "Eh." Just kind of touches it and then no, we don't want to go that far. But right. the second game is like, there's the line. We're going to go one step beyond it and then come back. Um, but it does kind of cross that line. But it is, it, I mean, it's 
it's it's a goofy oddball kind of satire type of game but it is one of those games like if you just want to play it and you know you want to you don't even do any of the missions and you just get in the saucer and you just destroy buildings that i mean that's literally the premise i mean like even in both games i mean you know the first one yes you can you actually have those challenges where you have to you you know you have 3 minutes or a certain amount of time to destroy, you know, a certain area like or whatever. 15 buildings or however, you know, do have certain amount of points of damage in that certain area and there you know, the first game and the second game there are different cities and towns that you're in. So you're not just in that one city or town, you're in different places. Right. I mean, in technically in the second game, well we're going to mention it in a second, but like the second one, you actually get to go to different aspects around the world. So like you got to go to London, you get to go to like San Francisco. Um, I'm pretty sure you go to Russia and a couple, I think there's one other spot, but, but it, it allows you to kind of see what it was like back in, um, in the second game is more in the sixties, but you know, this one being in like 1959. So literally like a year before or whatever. Um, actually, no, I think, uh, I think that I think there's a ten year gap. My bad. So I think it's like right at the end of nineteen or the the end of the fifties for the first game, but then like the second game is like kind of like the mid to late. Let's say mid mid to late sixties is what that game is actually based in. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the second game since I know we're gonna have a lot more to talk about in that one than the first one. Clearly. Yeah, so the second game was, again, PS2 and Xbox. Uh, open world style, still mission-based, but this one was more open world style where... Um, Actually, not to interrupt, which, did you play it on the uh, PlayStation or the Xbox at the time? Xbox. Because I think... I never had a PS2. Oh, well, never mind, I did. No, I, I'm pretty sure I played both games... Actually, I don't, I'm pretty sure I probably yeah I probably would have played it on the PlayStation more than I did on the Xbox. But I was just asking. I just was curious if you played it on you know one of the other consoles or not. But no, I never had a PS2. Well, sucks I was always to be an you. Xbox guy until my my PS4. Oh well, I wonder who gave you that. Like I've always I said, who gave me that idea? Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was open world style gameplay. It was still mission based, but you know if you were in you know Los Angeles. You were in Los Angeles. If you were in Russia, you were in that area of Russia. Like, well, okay, you you couldn't just go from like Russia to L.A. to different places. Like, you were in that one vicinity. Technically, you weren't in L.A. You were in San Francisco at the time. Well, whatever. I mean, if you were in San Francisco, you would be in San Francisco. You wouldn't be able to go, you know, from San Francisco back to Russia, back to San Francisco. No, you would. You'd have to like teleport, basically, is what or fly. You know, from one area to the other, which is basically a cutscene. That's all it does. But you know, the, again, this was made by Pandemic Studios. Um, in this game, Crypto is hunting for revenge after the KGB tried to assassinate him and successfully destroy the mothership and his mission officer, Orthopox Thirteen, officially named Pox in the in the game. Um, but they, um, 
so ten. I guess it's it's ten years. So in the game, it's I believe nineteen sixty nine. Yeah. Um, crypto defeated Majestic. Basically replaces the U.S. government. He becomes he be actually becomes the president. Um, Pox died after a Soviet nuclear missile destroyed the mothership. Um, Pox actually downloads his consciousness into a holographic projection. Um, so you you still kind of see him in the game as a projection. But you, I mean, the the beauty of that though was like you get to see him all the time. It wasn't just like if you saw him on the ship or whatever. Like yeah. you get to see him like literally follow you, and it was actually kind of at some point. It actually kind of got annoying because he would show up out of nowhere and you're just like, dude, I'm trying to do something like leave me the hell alone. Like I need you to like yeah. go the other way. Um, so the first game, it was Crypto 137. And in this game, Crypto 137 dies of unknown causes. And Crypto 138, who is actually a clone with pure furon dna harvested from human brains has taken the place as the president he is actually the first furon in a millennia to possess genitalia as his pure dna has not been corrupted by radiation wow wow (laughs) so when the kgb destroy the mothership and pox crypto must find a way to stop them from destroying what he's worked so hard to, on to achieve along the way. He's supported by Natalia, a rogue KGB agent who he constantly hits on, who also wants nothing to do with him. It's actually kind of funny when you watch it, but um, he also comes across the Blisk, the dreaded enemy that the Furons thought they defeated in the Martian war. So that's the gist of what the game is about. John, if you want to go over the innumerable amount of weapons. (laughs) I mean, I don't even know where to begin. A lot of them are the same. I mean... Well, the first three at least are the same. Yeah, the first three are the same. The Zappomatic, the Disintegrator Ray, the Ion Detonator, right? So the Ion Detonator being the grenade launcher, the Disintegrator Ray, as we talked about, you know, shooting the the weapon and then you know they turn into ash and then of course the skeleton sitting right there so it's same thing and then the anal probe yes it's it's still a thing again so anal probe, i'm not yeah. gonna, i'm not gonna read the description you want to read that description John? no i'm good i think we i think we all understand so and then of course the zappomatic is the the first gun you get in the game i know that um but the newer weapons that i do remember is yeah the dislocator so the shoots oh yeah shoots levitating purple discs that take targets with them so, if I'm not mistaken, if, like, you shot that disc at somebody, it would send them flying across the map, and they would just, like, keep flying in, like, circles. They would just go all all different directions. It yeah. was actually kind of funny. It'd be, like, taking the ability of, like, the tractor beam and then just, like, intensifying it and then just, yeah, like... Yeah, if you hit them, they would, fl- they would fling straight, you know... Some would fling straight up, and they would fly all around. Yeah, it was, I mean, pretty, it was quite funny. We could describe it, but I can tell you, if you actually saw it in action, you... It it actually is kind of funny. It just depends on like the gameplay or the style that you like to play. Um, and then, oh, meter strike. So this one, yeah, fires up to three meter meteors uh, at the crosshair. So 
it's like taking like the mother of all bombs and just like you know what we're just gonna just gonna hit you with a meteor you know no big deal you know i mean it's yeah it's it's a sight that's for sure um this next one i don't remember this one gastro the mothership's former janitor who shoots at nearby enemies before self-destructing i don't even remember that one these were all listed, so oh, okay. I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't remember that I, one. I don't remember. Um, the burrow beast shoots out the lore for a giant space worm to crawl around, eating nearby humans. That one I don't remember. That is what I do not remember at all. I don't remember that one either. Um, the anti gravity field, yes, um, basically shoots a small point of high gravity, pulling anything nearby, including humans, into it before it exploding. So basically, it'd be like taking a black hole. And shooting into the ground, and they just, you know, get sucked in, and they instantly die, basically, is the best way to put it. Um, Yes, the jetpack in this game. I like the jetpack in this game. Because, you're right, now if you upgrade it more and more, it does, you know, go longer and everything else. But you can go higher and longer, you know, further distances, so it was nice, because if you're running away, that's your best friend, especially if you're not near the ship. Um, Now, with the flying saucer... Some of them are the same. There's, I think, actually, uh, I think there's two. There's two new ones because the death ray is the same. I don't the, really need to go. The death into ray that. is actually, I think, stronger in the second game. Yeah, because yeah, it says right here the weapon must cool down when used continuously. The saucer starts with this weapon. Yes, yeah, so that's. I know that's the first one you get. Um, the adducto beam again. This one, this one is actually more funnier in this game because. The fact that you get to go around the whole world and you like you can pick up cars, you can pick up humans and just fling them across the map, and it's well, and this one too, you can actually suck up humans into your ship. Right, I think it's more for health. I think that's what mostly it actually what it upgrades the abilities. Oh, does oh, and I think if you get because you use it for the gene blender, right? And I think you if you get like certain like let's say like certain amount of British people, a certain amount of like the San, San Franciscans or whatever. And then yeah, the Russians. you get like two males, a female, like, yeah, like different soldier, things. That, like it, it, but it gives you, it's like certain abilities within that region that you get to, um, drain. So it drains energy from vehicles to replenish the sausage shield. So, yep. So that one's a new one, but that one does help, especially when you're going against like tanks and, and different things that come at you. Yeah. Um, anti-gravity fields again, so same thing, but in this case, you're doing it in a flying saucer. So you're just like, oh, okay, boop, all right, have fun with that. And, you know, you could just basically run away after doing that. Um, yeah, quantum destruct, deconstructor, and then the sonic boom. Um, again, two similar things from before. They were okay. I mean, they're, you know. What was same. super helpful is this one is cloak. Well, yes, that's what I was. I was just yeah. about to get into that. But I know, yes, I beat cloak. You to it. Cloak is nice because it gives you the ability to, you know, if you, you know, start, you know, coming into the city, and you, you know, you wanted to recon, like that's the perfect way. But the problem is, is once it's out, you're kind of screwed. Like you're just kind of like flying around, and you're like, well, hopefully there's not going to be too many people around. Yeah, because- and this one too, like when your cloak runs out and you've been just wanton destruction unlike the first game like where you you might get like a tank or you know obviously like for the time frame they didn't have vehicles that had you know machine gun cannons on them no no 
Um, but in the second game, you don't just get one singular tank. You get a multitude. They bring like five, sometimes six at a time. And they just start keep shooting at you until basically you either run away or you destroy everything around you. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I want to mention, which I do remember this and actually is very helpful, is the fact that you were allowed to call upon your saucer because, if I'm not mistaken, in the first game, you actually had to know where you, you put had your to saucer, go to where your saucer was, yeah. which is a pain in the butt. Where this one, you could just like you know hang out in a, like a random parking lot or whatever, and you can call it, and it'll be like, oh hey, look, it flies in, and it you know you can go into it, and, and it's no problem. Which is which. You know, it's kind of stupid that the first game didn't even allow that ability. Like, it, it literally had to take another game just so that you can call upon your saucer, no matter where you are. But I think because of the whole mission-based versus, like, the real open-world concept. You know, because, like, even in this game, you don't have to follow the missions in order. You can just do whatever you want, and then you can go into some of the missions and then, you know, do whatever you want really right after that. Go ahead, since I know the abilities are definitely more interesting in this one. Yeah, so the abilities are much in, more interesting. So, I mean, you do have the same basic ones. Like, you have Extract, which is the same. Um, you have the Psychokinesis or PK. Um, but a lot of the new ones, you don't have the Hollow Bob. Um, this one, you actually have what's called Body Snatch. And it allows Crypto to take over the body of another person. Um, once it, you are in a body, you have a energy bar from that host that steadily decreases. Once it reaches zero, crypto is basically expelled and the host is killed. So, like, and I know, like, you're going to mention this, but I, I like the little note that you wrote here, the, you know, it's like talking about like the alien series movie, <laughs> like, you know, the fact that that little alien just pops out of someone's stomach. It's like, oh, yeah. It's just, I mean, it's not quite like that, but it's, it's not like, quite as violent as that. But yeah, he just basically bursts forth and he's just like, and it's yeah. just like this random dead corpse just hanging out. But. Um, but this one is important for the game itself because with certain missions, like there are like secret areas or restricted areas where you might need to body snatch a secret agent or, you know, a soldier. Or somebody to get into that area. You know, if you need to get into a military base, you're not going to body snatch a hippie. No. Because you're not going to get in. So you need to body snatch a soldier so that you can walk into the base. And then you can kill whoever you need to kill. But that's, you know, the importance of that. That ability. Um Probably one of the ones that's most used in the game is free love. And that one causes basically everybody within a certain radius to start partying. Um, it causes everybody to forget that they've seen you and allows you to escape. So if you're in a spot where you're, you didn't body snatch anybody and now the police are shooting at you, you can do your free love ability. And you basically see these like flowers all around, and everybody's dancing, and it's like taking a trip on LSD. Basically, it's basically the best way to describe it. Like you could literally watch it, and you'll be like, "Yep, that's exactly what it looks like." Um, 
Mind Flash allows crypto to stun every human in the world for a short duration of time. Um, it does reset the alert meter. Um, you do need the DNA, the uh, aka brains, to recharge it. Um, follow Protect. This causes you know any armed characters to follow you and basically protect you. I think my favorite, because now I'm looking at it too, was was the ability to forget. Because that one, it does help, especially when you're like needing to like not have a witness. Like if there's like a lot of witnesses around, you can just be like, no, not to like. Usually for me, it was always that like random woman that come around the corner. You're like, and then it like she starts running away, goes in like the telephone booth, and then you're like. Not today. <laughs> yeah. So this would be like, you know, forget if somebody, see, you know, sees crypto doing the body snatch. You can make somebody forget about it. Um, also, if you do, if you made somebody follow you or protect you, this will make them normal again. So they will stop following you or stop protecting you. Um, if you did free love. And you also did forget on somebody, it would make them stop dancing. Yeah, it basically just makes it go back to yeah. what they were doing. Um, PK uh, allows you to move people, objects. Um, if you use it to slam characters, it does do damage to them. Um, but it does have you know uses for certain missions and stuff. Um, trans. Transmogrify, I think I said that right. Transmogrify. Um, yeah. This one is useful for certain weapons um, because it allows you to destroy vehicles or objects by crushing them and converting them into ammo. Um, so the ammo that you use can be, you know, taking out tanks or vehicles that they use for transporting troops or tanks or whatever. I actually want to go back to PK for a second. So, because I also saw this again too, but the fact that a lot of these abilities, you know, for example, like if using PK, like when you're picking someone up and you're just like either smashing them against a building or a car or even just like, you know what? Oh, there's a body of water. All right. Have fun swimming. You know, like, you know, just randomly throw them in and you're just like, yeah, I don't care. I feel like you need to go for a swim today or, you know, do other things. But, I mean, a lot of these abilities, when you see them in action, you know, at first, like, it honestly looks stupid. Like, a lot of it really looks stupid. But it's funny as hell when you start playing it and then you're, especially if you have, like, a second person playing with you. Yeah. And then you start doing other things with each other. Oh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun time. So one of the notes that I have on there, you know, not trying to keep too much time on this, but like this ability was famous for its glitches. And when you used it and you slammed somebody up against the wall, oftentimes like the defeated, you know, the defeated person that you flung against the wall would sometimes get stuck and right. they would like flail or, you know, they would just be kind of stuck there on the wall. <laughs> Right, and you you really you just say you know what all you right what? they okay, call it a day whatever, um, so moving on uh scan, um this is when you're using body snatch you can use it to read minds, and 
most of the thoughts are pretty funny. Um, some are, you know, when you're doing a certain mission, um, you need to kind of like find where this person is. So like you're walking around and you need to scan people's minds to find out like where the, you know, where the mayor is located. Right. So you're gathering it. You know, where is this party, you know, that I need to go to. And, right. you know, people are like, man, that party over there is really killer. You know, and they're like just you're reading the minds from people, and that's where it's it's helpful. Um, so this one, you unlike the first game, like you can only read the minds when you're in a human disguise. Yes, because you can't really. Let's the only way you can probably read their minds, if I'm not mistaken. Couldn't you do it if they would they were like dancing or if like they're protecting or something like that? This says you can only do it when you're when you actually are in the body snatch. Oh well. See, that's the flaw. Like, I feel like you should be able to do it if, like, they're dancing or if they're, you know, doing something else. Like, I I, I don't know. I don't think you you should only be a human doing it. But So the last one is Gene Blender, which we've kind of already touched on. This allows crypto to abduct humans, mix the DNA, and helping unlock certain upgrades for, like, PK or body snatching. Um, it, It helps unlock certain... You know, like art galleries. Yeah, a little bonus content. Bonus content stuff. But as far as like, you know, abilities, that's it. I mean, kind of the same thing with the first game. Like, it's it's really just oddball humor. Um, This game really just brings it over the top with the fact that and I'll say it the fact that he has genitalia in this game it really brings that <laughs> brings that narrative like <laughs> way over the top because like his whole thing is he wants to make sure that he can move his race forward <laughs> right and so when he's going after Natasha this entire time, when she keeps saying, no, I don't want you, this and that. I mean, he's just, it's like a passive-aggressive, like what he's doing half the time, if I'm not mistaken. But like, And it's like an annoyance for him, like, I have this, n- this mission, like, I just want to do this. Like, <laughs> I mean, listen, if, if you can't connect the docs, I mean, clearly this guy's just wanting some, and he's just not getting it from her. So that's just the best way to put it. And, I mean, it's just funny when you... You watch the the whole story, and I mean, even at the end, like she moves on, he moves on, and you're just like, "Well, that's a worse romance story I've ever seen one." But I mean, but the core component to the game, like it, it's really you know, with this one, the the just the like just wanton destruction that you can do in this game, whether you're running around as crypto. Or you're flying around in the saucer is just so enjoyable. And like I've mentioned already, like it, it was a mind numbing game. So if you like, and I will mention this, like if you played GTA, you know, it was like that. But early, I mean, well, granted, I mean, I understand GTA has been around for a little while, but, um, you know, to me is more like if you like that sci fi, like random. It's very, I mean, it's, it's more on a lighthearted side. Like, well, yeah, I'm not yeah, saying it's, it's as bad as GTA, but yeah. it's like, 
you know, you just, you basically just do whatever you want. You just kind of, you know, again, as, as the, literally the title says in the game. And I mean, when the guy created the game, like it, that's really what it was. And I mean, it, that's pretty much straight and to the point, but say what you will about the story, but it's like, if you're really going to complain about the story, I, you know, I don't think really this, the either game really has <laughs> no, there's not like a real to, anything to do really with this. Like you're going to get a really cohesive story out of these games. I think no. really the, the whole point of, of these games and right now they're, they're, they're classic games. Um, they're both remade, so you can actually buy re you know remastered versions of these games now, right? Instead of playing the original like PS2 or Xbox, you know which, when it came out, which I know you did play the. Was I it? have the original ones on my PS4. The original PS2 versions I have on my PS4. Oh, okay. Because I... they they do make they do have you know destroy all humans and they have destroy all humans two. Which is called reprobed, you know, just <laughs> just whatever right you emphasize that. Yeah, um, they do have remastered ones for you know PS4, PS5. You know, so games like this, I feel like there's definitely some other games that, you know, in my opinion, that need to also have like a remastered edition, like they did with like with these games, right? Because I feel like we don't really give them enough justice. You know, because like at the time when you're first playing them, like, oh, this is amazing. The graphics are great. You know, all this other stuff. But like, I really think they like PlayStation and really Xbox, like they need to do a better job of remastering good games. Like, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying this wasn't a good game. It was just more of a, you know, a classic. It was just that, fun. Well, it was just, like I said, it was mind numbing. Yeah, it was fun. You're, you're you know, just, just doing whatever you, you really could play, you know, for a half hour and just. Not do any story missions, not do nothing. Right. And just go in. Just destroy buildings and cars and pick up people and fling them and abduct people and... Probe them if you want, but... Probe them and, you know, disintegrate them and crush cars, you know, turn people to ashy skeletons. (laughs) Like Let them fall, yeah. You could run around and do anything that you want to do in this game... And there's not enough, I mean, there's really not another game that you could realistically do that. I mean, yeah, you can kind of do that in GTA. I mean, to a degree, but not but not to a degree like this where, you know, you in GTA, you can't destroy buildings. No. And I mean, well, I mean. No, you're right. You can't really destroy buildings, but these ones, like you fly around in your saucer and you you fire your death ray on a building, that sucker is going down. Like you can destroy entire neighborhoods. I mean, <laughs> I just I just know like games like this. I mean, we as a society or as as the gaming culture. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are definitely great games with great stories, but then there's just some games that I wish that you would think that they'd want to make like here and there that have stories that are not really even a real good story, but just like games where you could just jump in and and you could just do whatever you want and not have to worry about like playing a story, playing all the way through knowing what's going on, that kind of stuff. But now if they did a brand new game 
that was more like GTA for Destroy All Humans, that would be something. If you're going to do something like that, then make it more modern day. Like literally go. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously more modern day. But if you had more of that, like big map, open world, you know, you can travel from one point to the other. Well, no, you know, no, none of this like cut scene from going from, you know, San Fran to this place. Like, well, you could do pretty much anything that you want. I'd easily just play for like two hours just destroying everything. Yeah, and you wouldn't have to play a store. You wouldn't have to do anything. You just nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, it'd be really funny if you did like um GTA at like San Andreas like that, like you know, that style of like kinda like the cutscene, like but like do that with um like crypto, but like have a big map like that. I mean, I don't know why, but I don't I, I think it'd be kinda interesting to see how like that, that style of gameplay would be. And I can almost see them doing like an online multiplayer. Yeah, I mean that would be amazing. That would be complete, like almost Far Cryish. Well, yeah. I mean, don't get me started. I mean, that's another episode later on. But yeah, I mean, I I think we uh, I think we covered this bit. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. Since we're concluding this again, guys, we appreciate everything that you guys do, and you know we want to. Basically, just tell you guys that, you know, keep it up. Keep doing what you've been doing. You know, keep sharing this. Keep liking us. Um, you know, keep trying to unite the geek community, right? I mean, we're really trying to make sure you guys understand that you're not alone in this fight, right? Because we've talked about it in the bullying episode. There's more than there's more of us than there are of them, right? And so at the end of the day, you know, geek culture does not necessarily define, you know, just video games, music, you know, movies, whatever, right? I mean, it's anything. You can be a geek on anything. So, you know, if people say that you're not, you know, a geek basically based off of what I just said, then they're wrong. Because you can be a geek on, you know, guns. You can be a geek on uh photography you can you know be a geek on playing sports i mean there's so many things you can do there's the endless possibilities so don't ever think that you're not a geek you're a geek in your own way um but social media right so facebook instagram linkedin uh well i'm gonna mention it now so on youtube just as of recently we are starting to upload some geeky shorts and the reason why is because if we start making more of them Unfortunately, the website can't hold all of them. So we've decided to make it so that way, if you wanted to look up our geeky shorts moving forward, there's a YouTube page. It should be under Geeks in the Multiverse uh, or GFTM23 if you looked it up. Um, And you'll be able to find that content there. So again, it just gives you kind of like a nice little, you know, little tidbit of what we do for each episode. Kind of gives you an idea of what, you know, who we are and, you know, different little skits that we can, you know, come up with from time to time. But you got anything else, man? Because I was going to ask. No, I think uh, I think that's it, Brad. You think that's it? I, I mean, I, it. I don't know about you. I feel like I need to go to bed. That's what I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, as always, stay geeky. Stay geeky.